Dog Bless You is all about celebrating the love we have for our dogs, which is why I cannot think of a better sponsor for the podcast than our friends at Button Up Box. As well as delivering fresh, healthy meals for dogs that are made with 60% meat, 40% vegetables and lentils, and absolutely no nasties, Button Up Box also genuinely cares about all dogs and their humans. In fact, everything they do is for the love of dogs. And our listeners can fetch 50% off their first two Button Up Boxes by visiting buttonupbox.com slash dogblessyou. That's buttonupbox.com slash dogblessyou to get 50% off your first two boxes. Thank you so very, very much to Button Up Box. And welcome to Dog Bless You, the podcast about rescue dogs, the Wild at Heart Foundation charity, and our love of dogs in general. I'm your host, Nikki Tibbles, and in this series, we'll speak to people about their experiences with their companions and how a dog can change your life for the better. But we'll also hear some harrowing stories about the lives of some dogs here in the UK and around the world. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can help end that. But for now, let's meet today's guest. Very honoured and utterly delighted to be joined on my podcast, Dog Bless You, by the extraordinary, amazingly wonderful, brilliant, the um, multi-million selling recording artist, songwriter, and best known as the lead singer of Texas. But more importantly, one of my best friends and one of the people I love most in the world, Charlene Spateri. Well, back at you, missus. You know that you know I, I love you very much. I love and you we too. We all need a lot of love at this moment in time. We do need a lot of love, don't we? We do. We do. Everybody needs a lot of love, and we're very lucky that we've got amazing people and our pets round about us to give us that. Well, I think we need our friends and our support system and our dogs, of course more than ever i'll be honest my dog socks is not socks is not going to complain about it socks is going to just be like yes yeah and he's the, happy the pets i mean our pets are just literally like they're loving it aren't they they're just absolutely loving it they're just having the best time ever i mean the best thing for me about lockdown is i have spent four and a half months with my dogs which i have never been able to do we we no. haven't and you know and i think that you know we've seen this unfortunately this sort of slightly worrying moment where everyone is getting a dog and people are getting dogs from all over the place and they're not considering the right dog and they're spending absolute fortunes on you know eight thousand pounds on a british bulldog and three thousand pounds on a dachshund or a miniature pomeranian or something and we know that these dogs are not coming from the best places because they're not coming from registered kennel club dogs and they are being brought over by the thousands from eastern europe being bred in wales and 
Ireland where there are still so many poppy farms. And, you know, this is, this is actually a really good point that you've raised that in, in lockdown, for me, you know, having my four dogs where I've been here on, on my own has just been a lifesaver, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got no sense of physical touch of love or, exactly. you know, all of those things. And, you know, you've, you've been in Wales, I know, with, with socks and, and that's been extraordinary. But pe- people are buying dogs knowing nothing about what is right for them or their type of breed or the the right dog for their environment or even thinking about the whole process if you're bringing in a puppy into a situation that the owners and the family are always there continuously and that dog doesn't know anything different um and then suddenly it's like oh yeah and then my life's come back to normal and off you go i mean i i remember i mean it was such a hard choice for me to to make getting a dog because i grew up with dogs and um and i knew we had three old english sheepdogs when i was growing up you know i i, I know exactly how it works how much um love attention and you know, hard work of walking the dogs and making sure that the dogs are looked after properly. You know, they're a part of the family. They're they're they are a very important a very important part of the family. And when Misty, my daughter, was very very small, she was like, "Oh, I need a dog. I need a dog. I'm an only child. I need someone that I can love. I'm like, love me." She's like, "Oh, I need someone." <laughs> you know, all this, and all this, and it was at a point where I was like, "Right, okay." That because when she was very young, we were still traveling a lot, and when when I was traveling on on tour and stuff, I knew that she came with me, and I thought, okay, I'm not prepared to get a dog at this point when I'm still bringing Misty into traveling um, and and doing all that kind of stuff. I was really aware of making that decision about getting a dog, and and at the point where Misty went to school. Um, when she started school, I knew then that she would always be home and there would always be someone there. And I was like, okay, we now can get a dog. And that, that was, I waited a long time before, you know, I waited till she was like in primary two at school before we got a dog. Did Misty have any choice in the dog? I mean, for me, the thing was, is that I grew up with old English sheepdogs and, but I also grew up with um, wire hair fox terriers. My granddad bred wire hair fox terriers. And, I I think it's that thing where you know when you when you have a real connection and affinity to a dog and I used to have one of those little do you remember those little walkie things with the wheels Yes well, you used to put your building blocks in the back yeah that's them yeah. with welsh terriers on front and I had one of those as a kid and I always always wanted a welsh terrier I was like oh my god please I just want a welsh terrier what welsh terrier and I kept seeing like the odd cuz you know now they're a lot more common than when than, than they were you, you still don't see that many of them though do you yeah, I mean you see a not... lot more you see a lot more now but it's such an old breed and you know terriers are terriers can be tricksy you know, they, yes. can, they can be really, they're, they're, they ain't called terriers for nothing. And they're stubborn. You know, they're really stubborn. Um, they're hard to train. They don't yeah. particularly like children. They've got um, attitude. They've got serious attitude. You know, they may be the prettiest girl in the room. And you've got to really, you, you've really got, you've got to know what you're doing with a dog before you get a terrier. Yeah, um, they don't shed though. But, no, you know, they don't shed. They have got attitude and they... They're meant to have 
because I'm just looking at their I'm just looking at their qualities and thinking, oh my god, who does that sound like? <laughs> just like his mum. <laughs> but that's the thing. You, like, I look at your dogs, Nikki, and I'm like, yeah, they're Nikki's dogs. You know, it was really funny when I when I first got my um, when I first got socks. It was really funny. I was in the pub one night. Um, with um, some friends and another friend of ours had just got had just got a puppy at the exact same time and she had this amazing golden retriever and she looks exactly like a golden retriever I mean she's all she wears all tone colors different colors of neutrals and beiges and everything and she's got long blonde shiny curly beautiful hair and she's kind of like just looks really gorgeous and just effortlessly moves around and there was what are you saying, Shah? What do I look like? And I was, well, no, you've got, no, you've got that freedom about you. Whatever. Whereas I look like a terrier. I like to like a little bit gnarled and a little bit like, oh, what are they saying? I'm not happy about that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not having any of that. I'm going to get involved. You know, it's like Bryn always don't says. Don't hold back. Yeah, the Bryn don't hold back. I do need to get involved. He's always like, why do you need to get involved? And I was like, because I, 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 just, I just do. You know, yeah. I just do need to get involved. And that is, you know, that's, why the Welsh Terrier really suits our house and, 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 and our lifestyle. And I did have to take into consideration that I mostly live in London. Um, I do have a garden. I'm lucky enough to have a garden. But a dog needs walking and it's like, right, wh- how much walking does this dog need? And how much space does this dog? So we had to get a dog that was a small dog that we were able to, you know, give it enough exercise per day and everything. I mean, literally, I like animals better than I like people. So, uh, um, Me too. I want yeah. to know somewhere else as well like that. But do yeah. you know what I mean? It's that thing where... It's, can't, so, can't think what you mean. So when I was getting the dog, I was really... Everything, I was like, I need to know this, I need to know that, I need to know, you know, I need you to know lifespan, lifestyle, everything. I was like, how does this dog fit into our lives? And that was it. And that, and he's perfect. I mean, seriously, I just love my dog. I don't know what I would do without my dog. Literally, you know, we've spoke a lot. My my mum just passed away just before lockdown, which was really tough. And my mum's got a lovely little dog, little Shih Tzu, um, Coco. And, you know, we were just literally, my sister, Corinne, and I were distraught um, because my dad had to go into um, nursing care because my dad's got Parkinson's and dementia. And um, we thought it would be, we'd be able to keep him at home still, but his dementia increased since when when my mom died. And, um, you know, we still take the dog up and hold the dog up to when we go up to the the hospice and well the the nursing and we hold Coco up. And you know what? We were so, concerned about the dog because she'd lost my mum who she was with my mum 24 hours a day seven days a week and she had left her home and we'd moved her into my sister's and everything and we were really really concerned because you know the dog my mum my mum died from lung cancer and we're very sure because the dog would not leave my mum's side and the dog's obviously known that my mum was not well for yeah like you know it was very sudden how we found out it was literally like we found out my mom was dead within two weeks and it was literally like the dog obviously knew um and, and you think dead. that's why coco never left her side 
Yeah, definitely. Coco wouldn't leave her side. But the amazing thing is, is that I, I was with my sister last week in Scotland and Coco is suddenly get this. Like Coco was literally terrified of everything. Not anymore. Coco's not. Coco is literally like, okay, I'll just have a, goes to the park, goes and says hello to other dogs and everything. She was so scared of other dogs. and She was always beside my mum. And literally this little dog is literally, she's got a little bit feisty. <laughs> a little bit of attitude and everything now and it's it's just it's just wonderful to see that she's she's adapting and you know we went we were in my mum and dad's house the other day and you know she you can see her kind of looking around having a good old sniff about and but you know she she knows she knows and you, you can see the love that she has for my sister as well because yeah. it's funny she always knows exactly who the family is um but when my sister walks in the door of her, her, my sister's own house and the dog's there, oh my God, the dog was meant to. My, my sister's got to lie down on the floor, let the dog lick her and run around. Uh, and how old is Coco? Coco has got to be, oh God, she must be 14 now, 13. Oh. She's not, she's no spring chicken. Wow. Maybe it sounds like she doesn't have to look after your mum. Anymore. I think it is. I think it was a little dog with a big weight on her shoulders. Um, I think she knew my mum and my dad were both ill. I think she felt like their, you know, their little protector and and their comfort. And you know, dogs and and animals in general, they 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 take a lot away a lot of anxiety and pain. And you know, they can they they, they really can do that. You know, it's like you focus on your pet. And suddenly you forget for just that little minute that you may be ill or you may not be feeling your best. You know, I know that, as I said, when my mom died as well, the comfort that having our dog gave gave me, you know, she really she really gave me a lot of comfort just sitting there beside me. And she was quite different when I came back from my mom's funeral that she knew there was a moment of, I'm not going to jump around like a mental case. I'm up, I'm happy to see you, but I'm on your knee. But she knew you were sad. She knew I was sad. And she, she had that moment um, with me until I guess she knew when I was ready to be, okay, now now go, go now things go on, you know? And and I think that's obviously why they use animals and hospices, hospital nursing homes, hospitals, children's hospitals. They take animals in there and and it is it is something you see people even when you walk down the road, you'll see someone with a dog or a puppy, you know, it's puppy season. And suddenly the people that are the, the, the moodiest, miserable people you've ever seen in your life are suddenly like, oh, yeah. look at the puppy. I know. And people talk to you when you've got a dog, people that you've seen for years and years and years, which made me laugh so much, was when, um, you know, I live in Primrose Hill and I, I've had like, before, I'd seen people that I'd constantly seen over and over and over again for years. See, as soon as I got I got a dog, those people lied to me. Oh, hello, how are you? I was like, oh, <laughs> how are you? you? Yeah. I was like, oh, I no, know. all good for me. I think that yeah, even take lockdown aside, I mean, we should we should never really underestimate the what a dog can bring into our life. You know, and and I think you know, you and I both, and Misty, growing up with dogs, with animals, it teaches you so much about how to love, to be physical. It teaches you about responsibility, to have that 
physical, you know, kids these days are so stuck into their devices that they don't have that physicality that maybe we had with when we had our dogs and we hugged our parents and, you know, I know it's very different now because you can't actually even touch anyone, but, you know, it, having an animal around is, is I think so incredibly important and especially now more than ever, so important for our mental health and so important as it does teach us about loss and, you know, to, to love and how to love, but it, it does also teach us about loss. You know, it's, yeah, it really does. It's so many important, incredible lessons that we can learn from having dogs in our life. And, and I know that, you know, again, for me in lockdown, I, I couldn't have been here without my, my dogs. But that is the thing as well, because I, I, I obviously, like we spoke over lockdown and everything and we did FaceTimes and stuff like that. But I knew you had the dogs there. And, yeah. you know, I know it was a hard time <coughs> the dogs as well. Um, but, um, you know, due to loss, but I knew that you still had your friends do you know what i mean even though th these kind of friends weren't there i knew you had you know some sometimes your dogs are better friends than anybody because it's unrequited love you know it's, it's just like it's so selfless and so it's just like they love you and that's it they just I love, you, love and you they just and, and ronnie as you can hear in the background is utterly agreeing yeah in absolute agreement and so you know, I just love that. I, you know, I, I, I love that you walk into your house and the dogs come up and they're like, hello, 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 hello. And I, it's like, oh, God, I feel at home. You know, you feel at home instantly when someone, it's weird because Bryn, when their dog's not here, if I'm, if I'm away in Wales or in Scotland, I've got the dog and Misty's with me or whatever, he says that when the dog's not there, it's the house just so quiet. He's like, you know, at least you've got the dog and you still feel you've got the home you know yeah. but it just feels like a house when the dog's they, not they, there they 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 do make a house a home and um so do you think you um might quite like to get another one i would personally i would be like i would be like yeah i'd be like the mad dog lady but my it's not about me it's about the dog so i know that i i'm still doing what i do music wise and i'm going to be doing that for a bit longer um, so, you know, Misty's 18 years old now. So she's at that point where um, she's out and about and she's starting to do her own thing and lead her own life and be her own person. And it would be really unfair to get a dog until I wouldn't, I wouldn't get another dog until I'm not working. Um, or I'm not, you know, I'm going to be around for, you know, home for a long time. <laughs> well, you've been around for a very long time. I hope so. I just, I just, I know that I'm not. I know that I'm going on tour. You see, so I know, I know that literally. I mean, I was supposed to be on tour literally this month now, but that's that's gone to me, and I don't even know if we'll get out in May. So what's happening with the tour next year now? Tours moved back till May, which is fantastic, and you know, it's all very exciting. I mean. It was 80%, I think it's 80% sold out when we went into lockdown. And I know that nobody's, because we were like, well, refund tickets and stuff like this, but no one's wanted refunds. They've just taken the move. They've just went, right, we'll come in May. So that's fantastic. And, you know, we'll get the new record, the album's ready, and everything's going to come. And, yeah, there's things coming. We're, we're doing stuff. It's all going to be good. It's, yeah, I mean, we've been ready since before lockdown you know because of what what happened with 
um, within my family, my mum and everything as well. We kind of, we pulled everything back because I kind of felt that we were in a point where people were losing their lives and people were losing family members and everything. And I thought, you know what? Texas Freck, I think, going to cheer them up. Forget that. You know, let's 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 be realistic. Well, it would. Well, yeah, but you know, it's not going to keep you know, someone alive. For but... me, for me, it just didn't feel respectful. And Johnny and I spoke about it, and it just felt really no. It just didn't feel. You know, you just get that gut feeling. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel respect respectful to the situation that a lot of people are in. So we were like, no, forget it. So we, we just pulled it back. And I'll be honest, I think that if I had gone into that mode, um, I would have probably crashed and burned at the end because probably then the, what had gone on with my mum would have probably hit me at that point because I'd have just been riding it. Um, yeah. And it was very good I was allowed to just have that time to just... You know, I, I was just, some days I was just like, I always, I don't, you know, even with my, my husband and my daughter, I was just like, I'm going to sit in a room with the dog, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm going to put on garbage television and I'm just going to sit there. And you're going to make Socks watch it. And Socks will sit right beside me because Socks is like, I'm just going to be here because I'm your bitch. I'm going to sit beside you and we're going to be sisters together. Like, fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, she was literally like a limpet mind to me the whole time. She just followed me about. She knew. She yeah, knew. I mean, she absolutely knew. She knew that I was, you know, she knew I was, I was, I was. I think she knew, and I didn't really. Why do you? Why did you call her socks? It was actually my sister. It was Corinne who, um, because she, when she was, when we first got her, she had like a, her body was really dark. Um, it was brown, but they, they're they're a lot darker when you first get them in the puppies. But she had she looked like she had long socks on because the the, the color changed exactly. High school socks, yeah. And we saw her like call her socks S O X, so she's yeah. called socks. And she so is gorgeous. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that if I got got I'm going to I just think I'll I'll call them all S's. I like I like that. I think I'm I might just call them all S's. S's so that means there's going to be multiple socks yeah well I would think there'd be a socks a sailor that's a good name yeah I might go socks sailor I'll think of a few Sonny's gone because I've got a nephew called Sonny now I've got a great nephew I know, you've got he's, beautiful he's gone. That, that name's gone Scout that was my other one Scout from the Grapes of Wrath Scout Scout I love the name Scout so I'm going to have a Scout a sailor and a socks Okay. So, well, you know, um, as an ambassador of the foundation. Which I'm very proud to be, I have to say. And we're very proud to have you, so thank you. Um, there, there is a bit of a prerequisite that you do have to have at least one dog from us. <laughs> I would hope so. So, yeah, we can find you. We can, was, did Socks ever meet Coco? Did they spend time together? Yeah, so socks is yes. Took Coco at that point when she when she was my mum brought Coco to Wales. Um, Coco was still was at that point where she was super timid and she was terrified of socks. And socks was literally like, "I'm going to pin you to the floor." And I was like, "Oh my god, this bloody dog!" The best laugh is is that she goes socks is um, when when we're actually like once a year socks gets taken by a friend of it, but friend versus Patrick 
who looks after socks, who um, he, that's what he does. He, he's a place out in the country and he takes the dogs out there. But he has got two great dames. He's got a chihuahua. The chihuahua is in charge of everybody. The chihuahua, yeah. seriously, like the great dames are there and they come in and he, the chihuahua is like, uh-uh, this is how it's going to work, boys. This is how we're going to roll today. That chihuahua has so much attitude. And Socks, literally, like, she looks at those great dames. She loves them. And then there's a, there's, he's got a sheepdog as well who she loves. And it's quite, it's quite good because um, she hangs with her mates and she goes out and she has, like, a really good time. She has, like, a little holiday with the dogs. Nice. And comes back and she likes that. But, you know, Patrick will even tell you she still has that thing where she, um, she'll be, like, no, no, I need more attention than anybody else here. So, so maybe you need to get her a dog. The only dog that I've been actually properly bitten by is a Chihuahua. You know, like we go off to Puerto Rico and we do our yeah, yeah. And in Puerto Rico, they either love their pit bulls or they love their Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. So the pit bulls are literally the most gentle, stoic, gorgeous dogs that you know we've got lying on the floor because they're too heavy to pick up and put on the tables when they come out of recovery and then we bought this like um swimming pool because either we're in a a building that's too hot or too cold so we have to either keep them hot or keep them cold when they come out of surgery and it's known as the shark pit so we we've got this sort of like you know like a paddling pool all the chihuahuas go into the shark pit and as you're getting them out or you're giving them an injection or whatever I'm trying to do to them, literally I've had more chihuahuas hanging off my fingers hey. than any other dog. Serious attitude, little things. Yeah. Um, no, it's like, it's really, really funny. It's like human beings, isn't it? The smaller the person normally, <laughs> the fear they can be. Like, you're like, okay, back off. It's it's funny, like you know, it's funny that you. I think people really do find a little reflection of themselves in the dog that they choose, and the dog that they, you know, it's like anything. When you're pa- when you're pairing the dogs with people, I know how much you take into consideration the household and you know who lives within the household and the age groups and the personality of the people that. Yeah. Take dogs on because you know there's a family personality as well you know that atmosphere when you go into a house you know what that family atmosphere is like and you I know how how much you pair that with the personality of the dog it's so important because sometimes these you know these extraordinary dogs that have found themselves living in the most horrific of conditions and obviously some more than others like you know Maggie our wonder dog who our Lebanese dog who was tied yeah. up and used as target practice. So she's blind and has one ear and she's got 120 pellets in her. I mean, you know, she's, she is the most amazing dog and loves people. And that's, you know, that's the other extraordinary thing about a rescue dog, their resilience and their ability to love, forgive and love against all adversity. I mean, you know, we have a, a fund uh, which is our sort of remarkable dogs fund where you know we've we've brought dogs over from Russia from Romania from Puerto Rico from Lebanon all of whom have suffered extraordinary cruelty they've had their yeah. face shot off or their well in fact you remember when I brought 
Peggy Oberg, were you inviting me for dinner one night? And I got out my phone and said, can you help me <laughs> with this dog? And I showed, uh, I showed Charlene these photographs of this beautiful dog, Peggy, who'd had her nose, ears and tail cut off. And um, you very kindly introduced me to the most amazing vet. A wonderful friend, North Fitzpatrick. Who, and that was the thing is I remember you showed me and my heart literally sunk to the bottom of my stomach and I was like well I know a man that can help and and it was one of those ones and um you know Noel's understanding of animals is just I mean he's like freaking Dr. Doolittle that man I mean seriously he talks to the animals he's just wonderfully gets down there with him I mean you know he um he sorted socks out um so socks had an injury that we didn't even know she had an injury and basically I had one vet tell me that she suffered from epilepsy and I was like I don't think my dog does suffer from epilepsy and something's not right it's the same it's like a mother's instinct I was like nope and I was like can you MRI and they're like oh it's a lot of money it's expensive and we'll just wait we'll watch and I was like something's not right yeah. so I phoned no because I had met no at Carfest yeah Chris Evans and um and I I you know I just thought he was this wonderful warm man and I called him and I said to him um listen my dog is really poorly and something's not right and he went he just had he just had um an operation on his foot and he was in a wheelchair and he went no yeah and he went bring it to me and I, I remember so... I brought the dog and he had he had this big sticky on his you know he was in plaster and he got down on the floor and he watched socks who was kind of like really bit limping i want walk across the the room and he said your dog's legs your dog's back legs are too straight he says you're going to have a continuous problem with her because her lower back is getting a lot of pressure um so you have to be careful with her jumping it so you know now i know that information so i watch what we're doing with the dog mm -hmm. if you know, if another dog, if she's get, if another dog's getting really feisty physically, like rolling around, I know that they can rip the muscle back off the the the. the um, but she had surgery now. She had um she had a, a what do you call it the water therapy and everything on right, it. Right, therapy. Yeah, she had all that, and then yeah, we we took a lot of time, but it was it was you just have to be I have to be careful with her because. Um, it is something that, that it is it is a, a, a glitch in her her physical um, well being. But she's all right though, isn't she? She seems to be. Yeah, he says she's going to have it's going to take a lot more work, but she's she's on the mend. Did you were you really called Spit the Dog when you were little? Oh yeah, Tiz was was massive when I was at school. <laughs> Tiz was was like the, the big show, so everybody used to go, "I spit." <laughs> Like this and that, that was my nickname, Spit the Dog. Yeah. It's a shame See, it hasn't stuck. Back to, the, <laughs> back to the little terrier thing. Spit the Dog yeah. was, a little, was a nasty little terrier that would bite really? anybody. <laughs> Spit the Dog is hilarious. So, if I have to ask you a question about socks. Yep. <laughs> Look at that big kiss. I know, it's my baby Ruby. I'm going to ask what? I don't know where my dog is. So yeah, where is socks? I can hear her jingling. Oh, you're there. Were you in your beanbag? Went I'll get her. Here, come here. Wait, come here. Where is socks? 
This talks everybody. Oh, look at that beautiful girl. Oh my god. Hey socks. Okay, socks. If she could speak sitting on your lap right now, what is she gonna sound like? Sausages. <laughs> Look, her ears are pricked up. She loves it. Do that again. Sausages. Oh, she is literally looking like there are sausages dangling in front of her nose. <laughs> I love her. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, my darling, it's been so nice to talk to you. And you. And see you. I love, it's it how it's been, I love it how it's, as we've been talking, it's been getting darker and darker and darker nice, and it? darker. Almost time for a glass of wine. <laughs> wine o'clock. Wine o'clock. Wine o'clock. Here we go. Thank you for coming on my podcast. And Absolute thank pleasure. you for your time. Support World of Heart Foundation. It is really a very, very, very worthwhile foundation that really does not just change the life of the animals that, that and the dogs that, that Nikki saves and her team save, but it changes the life of the people that, that the dogs, that they, they come to people's homes and they just change a family's life by the love and, and you know, love and, and happiness that they bring. Adopt, adopt from the foundation. Thank you. All right. So that's our show for today. If you liked today's show, please subscribe and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. It does help other dog lovers to find us. Dog Bless You was produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions and presented by me, Nikki Tibbles. Theme music by Mike Hansen. And if you want to join or contribute to the Wild at Heart Foundation, please go to wildatheartfoundation.org. Thank you so much and see you soon. Pod people.